Hi, my name is Alistair. My name's Kat. This is Ali Cat, and we're bringing you Bampop Productions podcast. And what do you have for us today? Okay, well, Sunak, our Prime Minister, yesterday, was quoted as saying that the golden age between UK and China is coming to an end mm. because of guess what? China's human right abuses. Shock horror. So he's become one of many Western leaders that seem to be taking a stance against China. Biden, because of Trump, had to take a stance or continue it at least. There's been, there's been issues that the Chinese have had with the Australians for a while. Oh, yeah. Um, the, I think that Australia sells a lot of beef to the Chinese. They sell a lot of everything to the Chinese. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that because there were issues and things being said back and forth, I think the Chinese put an embargo against products that the Australians had sent across in a ship. Like, I'm not sure or not. So it seems that Sunak's become one of the many leaders that are now kind of being not anti-China, but yeah. taking a little bit of a stance. It's not that surprising, though, because the news about China, especially in the UK and the American press, is very biased. Biased, neg- negative, and it all tends to be very political. Um, so I just wonder what you think about this and where you think this is going to go next. Australia has been interesting over the last few years, especially since the pandemic. So... I forget the exact numbers, but China sends a lot of students to Australia to study. Um, I mean, it's something like one out of every 25 people in Australia is a Chinese student. It's, it's a huge, huge number. Like, it makes up a massive just percentage of the population. Um, China also buys, like, a lot of, um, you know, Australia has a lot of kind of mining operations for coal, for steel, as you say, for food products that they export. Um, China's a massive purchaser of that. And um, yeah, I think Australia was getting a wee bit, um, they were like, there was, it wasn't even, I don't think, like official government policy, but there were a few parliamentarians who were asking questions about, you know, say the source of the, the COVID virus, um, what role China played in it. And they were kind of asking questions in a, a, not a particularly aggressive way, but. The Chinese, um, I think, yeah, they put some... I remember, I think it was coal shipments weren't being allowed into the country. Was it last year or the year before? Yeah, that was the ones a, that were on the ship. Yeah, that was an issue where um, China was struggling to power some of its own power stations and they weren't accepting... Because they need a lot of coal. Australian of coal. But that said, they do have their own coal reserves, quite large amounts, so it, I don't think it was a huge issue. But yeah, they've had a, a kind of issue, and obviously um, Australia has changed their their policy on... Um, I don't know if you remember, they, they last year, I think, maybe earlier this year, but I think last year they decided to go with American and British... Um, submarine technology rather than using a French company that they previously agreed to and um, Australia was looking to take a more solid role in I guess kind of the UK and America's goal of uh, containing China in the region so yeah they haven't been too too friendly for a while that's kind of been sort of breaking down but I think the other thing is is that globally at the start of the pandemic 
every country was so reliant on China as being a manufacturing hub for almost all goods and products. And with the breakdown of supply chains, I think a lot of companies and countries are a little bit more resilient to um, purchasing goods from China. Not isolated from that, but I just think a little bit more um, resilient in where they're getting their manufacturing done and whatnot. So I don't know. I think... Uh, and yeah, I don't think China's in the same position that it once was. I don't think they're the guaranteed next global superpower, as was always predicted. Um, they clearly seem unstable at the moment. And I don't think the world is dependent on China in the way that people thought it was pre-COVID. Do you think that perhaps certain people gave China a bit too much power in the context of mm. their view of it? Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a threat. It's going to be like this, that. And it's turned out it's not quite... Well, at least what I was reading in the media from the UK perspective, which, like I said, is very biased. I mean, I don't really know in reality how economically strong the country is Mm. or how militarily strong the country is. Because, you know, you see their parades. Sure. You see their new drones. You see their tanks. They've never fought fought a war in how long? Uh, Forever. I mean, have they ever been, like, they were invaded by the Japanese and there must have been some some sort of conflict then. But has China as a country ever fought or invaded? Not in a modern context, no. I mean, there. I, I suppose there was Korea, but that wasn't a war that they begun. It wasn't Mao a war. Mao just they, begun, they kinda, sent some troops, right? Once again, it was a different era as well. I think, like, it wasn't as technological, so you could just send... Two million men, soldiers over the border. Because I guess they the had border. a lot of men, which yeah. they just kind of used. Yeah. Basically, it's cannon fodder. But yeah, exactly. But nowadays, that doesn't, I think, count because you know we're kind of high tech. Because of tech, you now need people with more skills to work that tech. That's or it. You yeah. need to get that tech yeah. in the first place. You know, a small group of you know highly trained pilots could take out millions of untrained you know World War Two soldiers. It's not. Yeah. I yeah I think. And I think that's an interesting thing with with Russia and Ukraine particularly as well. I don't think you really know if they, like, you don't know how effective China would be in a conflict. Like, maybe their technology would just come unstuck in the in the face of, you know, kind of Western high-tech weapons. I don't even think, like, it would be guaranteed that they could win on their border, never mind. look at Russia, like, they always have all of their grand parades yeah. and they're forever saying we spend X amount on the army and you've seen what's happened in the war in Ukraine yeah. the tanks don't work uh, a lot of the men just run away so it just doesn't seem like the tech's very good the army doesn't seem that professional well also perhaps the people who just really don't have the will now to yeah. fight in Russia like, I, I, I don't know Um. Because the country really hasn't been doing well for a long time. No. But that isn't just this current war that's begun that. That's been a lot of things for a long time. Um, yeah, so it's hard to know whether China kind of would withstand yeah. kind of fighting or even how strong economically they are as a people. I mean, they're huge in manufacturing. They but are. have they ever come up with anything original? Because, like, they're very good at kind of, like, taking apart something and they mass-produce it. 
But like in the US, with all this new tech that's coming out and new ideas, I don't know if China really is that bastion. I don't think they are, but I so I think like it's mass production, but they tend to take things apart that other people have, which I'm not even sure if that's legal. There's a yeah that because of intellectual mm-hmm. theft, but I don't know enough about that. Like, I I don't because I can tell you one thing that when I was in Malaysia as a child, like there were copies of everything in the night sure. markets, <laughs> and that was on a very small scale. So imagine a country the size of China, mm-hmm. cause kind of fakes are very common in that part of the world of everything yeah so like it's really hard to say whether china is what you call original with you know tech and like stuff which i don't think so well they had tiktok (laughs) um but that was a copy of other western ideas as well like Like, that's not original to china there were other short form video sharing platforms before yeah, TikTok. Like shorts and YouTube. And I, I don't even know how original the technology behind it is, to be honest. Um Yeah, I can't imagine it's I think there's a I few mean I guess I don't know where about I actually this is something interesting. I remember Noam Chomsky gave a speech like sort of fifteen years ago and I remember remember kind of um listening to an it was like an audio book at the time but of one of the talks he gave and he was talking about this issue of China rising and intellectual property and he made a point that I've always thought was really interesting that he argued that historically this is really normal that new countries tend to push the limits of legalities or rising powers push the limits to compete against established powers and then once they become established powers themselves they very quickly adopt normal international um, rules and norms because like they now have parity in certain areas so as an example he gave um, Britain at the kind of rise of sort of empire um, th- the very first kind of forms of the British Navy were licensed pirates you went to the crown and you got a license to be a pirate and you know they didn't have the ability to go and set up their own colonies but what they did have was the ability to go and plunder Spanish and, and Portuguese ships for their gold. Yeah. So, but once Britain became an established power, they were they suddenly had an interest in forming international rules, and they mm-hmm. said, "Oh, actually, piracy is not allowed anymore." He gave no chance. Because it also, didn't suit the powers that be. Once they at had that achieved point, it, yeah. yeah. He also gave the example of America in this, where, uh, when the American colonies were kind of quite new they would to the chagrin of a lot of europeans they wouldn't observe the intellectual property of european writers so a lot of writers in europe had their work ripped off that was published without any royalties being paid in america and they had very little ability america just didn't the american colonies just didn't recognize the intellectual property rights of of say european writers at the time and but as soon as america started producing some of its own writers and kind of culture makers that were making a profit and their books were selling in Europe suddenly America was interested in enforcing intellectual property rights because they were making their own and they had an opportunity to make their own money out of it Um, and he made this argument for China and said this is a pretty normal thing as China starts to develop their own intellectual property you'll probably see them become more interested in observing normal practices um, 
which is interesting. And there's a few areas where China does kind of lead on research. I'd say, from my impression, um, the area that China lacks in is taking, you know, tech demonstrators they seem to be able to do. They seem to be able to do the research part of, of development, but actually turning that into a viable economic model is far more difficult, you know. I know that China leads the way in kind of patents for things like graphene technology. What's graphene? It was that kind of, everyone was calling it like the wonder material a few years ago. It was a, a very... Is it kind of cement? No, it was a, a type of carbon or a form. A, oh, a, the okay. way the carbon was was like arranged, it was... Uh, it had different pro like it was uh, I think a very good sort of semiconductor for technology. It was incredibly strong given its weight, but actually manufacturing it at kind of economic, economically viable levels is proved very difficult. And actually, it doesn't really get talked about too much just now. But they seem capable of going in and putting in patents and doing the research work. But I can't think of a lot of products that are, you know, have gone from the laboratory to mass production and are world leaders in their area. Um, there aren't really a lot of Chinese products that you would say are the original and first in their category and also like the best globally. I think that's partly to do with their system where I don't know if innovation is particularly rewarded if it's done outside of the party and the party's kind of standards. Like yeah, a lot of people that do through the party. Yeah. A lot of people that do innovate and make it big are kind of punished for it in the long run and disappeared. Yeah, that Jack Ma. Was it Jack Ma? Yeah, Jack Ma. What did Jack Ma set up? It was an online Alibaba? shopping platform, yeah. yeah. But then last year, for the past couple of years, he's been keeping very low profile. Yeah. And he wasn't in China at one point, then he was back in China. And then there was a lot of things in the press saying that he had fallen foul of the party and all yeah. this. And if you fall foul of the party there, That's then you. you're kind of snookered. Although I haven't heard about it recently, so maybe, I don't know, perhaps he gave them money or I, I don't Something. know, there was a deal yeah. that was struck. Because uh, he is very, very rich. He is, yeah. Billionaire. Jack, Ma, Wealthy. yeah, he's also a very small guy with a very square jaw. Yes, yeah, very square jaw. Like he's got a very square jaw. He's very angular looking, um, but yeah, I think because of what was happening, he did keep a low profile. Yeah. So he's become quite elusive. So he's this really rich guy that's elusive, which is opposite of Musk. But that's the thing. I think China probably will fail to innovate for just those reasons. I don't think they do reward that um, stepping out too far and kind of. Yeah, you, you can't be that unconventional yeah. and you have to be, and you can't be that original. Yeah. Or if you have something original, which is, I, mean, I don't know how common that that is now to have such an original idea or or invention, but if you don't toe, toe the party line, because everyone that's involved in the private sector in China must be a member of the party. Yeah. Or they do business with the party because that's how it works. Sure, yeah. Um. So the private sector have to strike deals with the, with the, with the, um, with the... Party officials. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think the party, the party, I think something like 6% of the Chinese population is a member of the Communist Party. Right, so I think that's not that high that. considering the amount of people... It's not, but I think 100% of the elites within the country are a member of the party. Mm -hmm. Or so, if you have any business. Yeah. 
or if you're doing business, then you would be schmoozing with the people that you'd are. You'd have to be, yeah, yeah. Because everything's done through yeah. the party and the state in China. And once again, the once you're private sector is very controlled by the you know state, kind of like in North Korea. Yeah, but I don't once even you're know in, if they have any companies in North Korea. They do, um, but once again, they're, they're very government controlled. It's actually higher. So in North Korea, it's about twenty five percent of the population is a member of the party, but. Once you're in the party, yeah. there's a lot of um kind of scrutiny of you and surveillance and yeah, it your makes family it, members. Once again, yeah, it makes it difficult to innovate and be like, you know, kind of good at something because like you don't just have to worry about making an economically viable business. You also have to worry about what your minder thinks of you and whether it's within, you know, the the decreed um goals of the party at that time. And those decreed roles can change again. So, you know. What if you're building a tech company in China and, you know, you've got some small social media platform that's going well and then suddenly, you know, after protests and a, a building burns down, the party declares that all businesses should be operating to make the country as stable as possible. And now you have to ask, shit, is my platform doing that? And, like, you can't just make a good platform that people want to use. You have to worry about if it's going to get you executed. Yeah, it's quite difficult to know yeah. what to do in those circumstances because, well, well, it just is. Yeah. I, I don't really know what Sunak thinks he's doing. Oh, yeah, that was the question. I, I think he's trying <laughs> to be a big man, and I think it's quite a reactive thing Yeah, because the press have been saying, oh, he's not been doing much, oh, he's a bit of a worm... These like kind of things, right? Because the British media are like that with all the PMs, particularly yep. in the past couple of years. So he's, you know, trying to assert himself and be a big man. Yep. Um, he's got his own internal party problems as yeah, well. Yeah, so I mean, I like... don't know how that's going to pan out. <laughs> yeah. Um, because Gio probably just make a bit of a power play like what he did with the, the Canadian guy. Trudeau? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, when he's you know all smiling, but he's telling more or him less off. just told him off with yeah. a big smile on his face, which is very smart. And there's also a camera there, which is very handy. Which makes it hard to argue back. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't. Yeah, I feel that Trudeau should have asserted himself a bit more. Yeah. And then said, "Well, I mean, it's not the time or the place." So we'll see, you know, if Sunak comes into contact with Xi, or we'll see how things. Because I know there was a protest outside, the Chinese embassy or the consulate, in England a few a few mm. weeks ago, and I know that kind of like one of the security guards there, like he fought a protester. Oh yeah, um, I remember seeing that. That was so, was that a few weeks? I thought that was a wee bit longer ago. Or oh, am was I that mistaken? A bit longer? I mean, it might be a couple of months. I don't know. I thought it was fairly recent. Okay, you're probably right then. There's been a few protests outside yeah, Chinese consulates, particularly recently. by the people from Hong Kong. Yeah. Um. So kind of it's, Sunak taking a stance against China is kind of in keeping with the current, climate. Although it's not been that current, it's been like this for a couple of years now. Yeah. Um, although Johnson didn't do a stand and Trust was not there for long enough and <laughs> yeah. May had to deal with Brexit almost for the entire three to four years it was, it was the withdrawal agreement for um, her. that's all that she really did yeah. was that, and I don't even know and I can't even remember Brexit now because I've not talked about it for a couple of years because of you know, the lockdown but um, yeah, so we'll see 
we'll see how things go with Sunak. I don't... I don't know what he's playing at. Like, well, I mean, I, I like, like, I mean, I kind of do. He's trying to be a big man. Um, but I just don't know. It's the end thing at the moment, isn't it? To, to stand up to man. China. Yeah, because it's very, well, I mean, it's very trendy standing up against China and Russia. Yeah. Um, but. Well, they seem like beatable in a way that they didn't, um, you know. know. Because I think maybe neither country is as strong as maybe what some people in the media perceive them to be or what some politicians said. I mean, China maybe isn't... Oh, so I don't know if the majority of people in China are interested in the West. Like, I think they just want to do their own thing. But that's like with most people. Most people, most most places, yeah. Yeah, like, there's kind of, there's a lot of politics and then there's the people. Yeah. And the people probably don't sit at home and think, oh my God, the West are totally against us. Oh, man. They're probably like, oh yeah, I've got a family or I need to get a job or I need to earn some money or I need to get a wife or I need to do that or I'm going to have a baby. Like, it's kind of these, like, things that everyone would be preoccupied with. So, yeah. So, this is going to be interesting how it pans out. All right. Well, to end on that note. Yes. Bye from Kat. Bye from Alistair. Bye from Bampot Productions, Productions podcast, podcast. And check us out at Bampot Pod. At Bampot Pod. On Bampot Twitter. Pod. On Twitter. Great. Great. Bye. Bye.